Thank you for joining us today as we study God's Word together. In our last few studies, we have observed John's vision of the beast who comes out of the sea. Today on Drawing Near, John describes a second beast. This beast rises out of the earth. In preparation for our study, I encourage you to open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 13, and join us for A Second Beast Rises. Before we begin our study, I ask that you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this day, for the blessings of this day. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit as we seek to walk in the Spirit. As we open up your word together today, we ask that you would help us to draw near to you, to worship you in faith, in the fullness of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Lord Jesus and the salvation that he provides. He not only saves us from sin and from hell, but from these great tribulations. At least he saves those of us who live now prior to the rapture. Father, we thank you for that. But we also thank you that you will save many out of the tribulation. That is a great source of comfort for me. Now open our eyes and our ears to the truth of your word. Give us wisdom and understanding. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Revelation 13, verse 11, John writes, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. This is a second beast. If you will recall, the first beast rose up out of the sea. This beast comes up out of the earth. The second beast is not as fierce or not as ominous in his appearance. We're told he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Where the first beast had seven heads and ten horns, this beast appears to have one head with just two horns. His appearance is like a lamb. I'm not sure I can think of anything as non-threatening or non-aggressive as a lamb. To see a newborn or a young lamb in a field is to see something very, very meek, very gentle, even vulnerable. His appearance is like a meek, mild lamb. He doesn't possess the authority, the might, the power of the first beast. He doesn't appear to be threatening. In fact, we should see the obvious parallel. Jesus Christ himself was described as the Lamb of God. He went to the cross as a sheep before his shearers is silent. This individual appears to be meek and mild, like the Lord Jesus Christ. But it is very clear he is nothing like the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're told at the very end of verse 11, he spoke like a dragon. He speaks like Satan. He has the appearance of a lamb, but his words are those of the devil. And just like the Antichrist, who is the epitome of all of those previous Antichrists, this second beast is the epitome of all of those who are wolves in sheep's clothing, pretenders. Verse 12 tells us, And he exercises all of the authority of the first beast in his presence. 
This seems to indicate that this beast, the second beast, serves the first. He has all of his authority, but in his presence. It appears that the first beast authorizes the authority and the power of the second beast. We're further told in verse 12, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So it is the second beast, who many refer to as the false prophet, who with his winsome personality or his non-threatening tone, exercises the authority that has been authorized by the first beast, the Antichrist, and in doing so, he causes the earth, all the unbelievers on the earth, to worship the first beast. Their worship is centered on the fact that the first beast, the Antichrist, had received a deadly wound and was healed. He was wounded, he died, and he was brought back to life. You can imagine in the midst of all of the great tribulation, with all of the death that has taken place, the visible death and resurrection of a figure opposed to God had to be appealing to unbelievers. Further, we cannot escape the fact of the amazing parallel with the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins in worship and service to the Lord God Almighty, was buried and after three days in the grave, resurrected from the dead. Satan, who is a liar and a thief and a murderer, is mimicking the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to deceive the world's lost population and convince them to worship and serve him in rebellion to God, their creator. In Revelation 13.13, John writes, The second beast, the false prophet, he performs great signs, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. If you remember, that's one of the things the two witnesses of God could do, call down fire from heaven. And now this false prophet has the power to do that as well, which has to go a long way toward convincing the lost world that those demonstrations by God's witnesses aren't all that unique or different from the demonstrations of power that the false Christ and the Antichrist can perform. In verse 14, we're told the truth, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth. All of this is deceptions. Whether or not these are phony demonstrations of power, or these are genuine demonstrations of power that deceive people into believing that God is not who he claims to be, and that the Antichrist can oppose and be victorious over God, that he is a God himself. Either way, deception is the point here. The truth is, it is the Lord God Almighty who sits on the throne of heaven, who rules and reigns supreme. Satan is condemned by the Lord God Almighty. All of these powers, all of these acts, the raising of the dead, it's all deception, designed to hold back the truth of God from the people on the earth. And so, verse 14, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast, an idol, who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, 
to make this inanimate object come alive, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. This is unlike any other event or act in human history. There have been idols in the past, but those idols weren't given life or breath. They weren't able to speak and to kill those who refused to worship the idol. In verse 16, we see one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. We're told in verse 16, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Just like God had marked the 144,000 who were still witnessing on the earth on his behalf, the beast gives his mark to all the inhabitants of the earth, and he restricts all commerce, all buying and selling, for anyone who does not bear the mark of the beast. Be clear, there will be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who refuse. But in case you're concerned, this all takes place in the second half of the tribulation. This all takes place after the church of God has been raptured up into heaven. These events happen after that rapture event. And finally, in verse 18, we read, Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. This verse has caused many to speculate. We do not have a complete understanding of what is meant by 666. It is the number of a man. But no one has been able to identify how this number calculates the identity of the Antichrist. Perhaps God has not yet given the wisdom or the technology to utilize this information. But for most, we understand that we do not understand. I am thankful and praise the Lord for what we do understand, for what He has made known to us. And we need to rely on that, knowing all things will come to pass as God has foreordained. Our Heavenly Father, the true God of all creation, we worship you and you alone through your Son, Jesus Christ. There is salvation in no other. There is no other name by which we must be saved. We praise you for the salvation that we experience through faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death, his burial, and his resurrection a resurrection that leads to life. We ask, Father, that you would protect us, that you would protect the world from the deception of Satan, that so many more people would see the truth and not the lie, that they would receive Jesus Christ and reject the devil. Father, work through your church to bring about these things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.